Welcome to the Ramon Foster Show, brought to you by the Get-Go Cafe and Market, where they're serving hot, fresh food and hot, steaming tots, Ramon, yes. 24-7. Uh, let's talk a little bit of Steelers football here. They're in the middle of OTAs, although they take a break until next Tuesday. Uh, I want to ask you about Kenny Pickett. Yeah. Because in a week like this, where he's kind of clearly put into a number three slot, even though he might not stay there. Yeah. Yeah. So you just had the kind of the same reaction yeah. that I did. It was kind of like there's a little bit of a cringy element to it because you, way more than, than most, can imagine how hard it is to go from that slot yeah. in drills, in reps, and then be the guy. It's mm-hmm. a challenge in front of him, isn't it? It is. And I'll say this, too. It's also a challenge for him as uh, coming from college as hot as he was. Mm-hmm. Let's be honest about that. Kenny Pickett had a hot year his uh, this past year coming and out. And a big stage. On a big stage. And also, um, first-round draft pick playing in the city <laughs> that he played college ball in as far as just being humble early. You know, you, you got to ask yourself, how, do, how does he navigate that? Well, it's just being a rookie like everybody else. You're not above any draft pick that you came in with. As a matter of fact, as far as overall trajectory of him, he might be third or fourth out of this group to actually start getting some burn. I got a feeling the, the, the young D-line, I feel like George Pickens is going to be a guy that comes out and get more burn than he is just because – He's got to learn a lot. Like, he's got to know what, what George Pickens is doing. He's got to know what Deontay is doing. He's got to know what the what Najee is doing. Like, there's so much in it that he can't even begin to start sniffing, you know, just where he lines up and what he deserves and owed and stuff like that. That ain't a conversation piece for him. And let's be honest, too. The two guys that you said are in front of him from your eyes watching some of the OTAs, he's got a guy that's trying to find a second career. And Mr. Biskin, he's got a bulldog and Mason Rudolph in front of him, too. Like, it's, it's almost at a point to where he, if he's going to be really good, he's going to have to really show out in the preseason games, yes. you know? Yes. And it, that's where this gets, I, I keep using this term, Moan, to describe this summer yeah. for what we're going to talk about and what we're oh going to be observing. God. It's fascinating. It's fascinating. It um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to share with you this one little sequence. This was from uh, the part of the portion of, of uh, the, one of the OTA practices that was still you were able to shoot and video it. So I'm not speaking <laughs> out of turn here. Yeah. But, but Kenny Pickett uh, rolls to his left, which was mm-hmm. part of the assigned whatever. Okay. And unlike the other guys, he doesn't just go ahead and complete the pass and then just kind of com- go through the drill. He waits it out. He waits it out. And Zach Gentry breaks off yeah. from his coverage and goes like this, and Pickett drops this boom right into Gentry's hands. Yeah. And there's these there's this group of pit dudes who came outside. <laughs> you can picture this, right? <laughs> yeah. Who are standing there on that little grass slope and they're going, Whoa! Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So I'm thinking, okay, he did a little something extra to stand out. And then afterward in the locker room. Go in there, and the locker rooms are open now to reporters. Yeah. Thank you, Bert Loughton, for this. Shout out to Bert. Shout out to Bert. We go in the room, and there's Mitch Trubisky over here. Uh, he's over on, on like the Ben wall over there on the okay, cam, in the the cam wall. Yeah. yeah. Okay. 
and there's Mason in the same spot where you left him, Moan. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> where I left him. <laughs> <laughs> and each one of them is holding court separately yeah. with us evil reporter types. Guess who was not in the room anywhere? Oh. Yes. Kenny? And you know that that's not an accident, right? No. No. It's, Tell everybody it's, why that's not an accident. Because they're trying to keep him out of the expectation from you guys, the predators. <laughs> you, you know, like, why why put Bert them? I got to give it to him as much as they can because you can't control everything. As much as they can, they try to alleviate some situations. Now I'll say yes. this, the, 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 the past recent, the recent past dealings in, so in, in media with some of the reporters is probably kind of giving Bert this type of thing. And, this has got to be Burt's first first round draft pick also, as far as quarterback goes. Non-pandemic, meaning he'd have an open locker room to deal yes. with. Yeah, as opposed to just who does he bring to a Zoom call. And, and I think it's this too. They're trying to be fair to some guys that are that are in their careers all way. Like, let's say this. At some point, Kenny Pick is going to be QB1 in Pittsburgh, if we're just being honest about it. But as far as this year goes, there is nothing to give him any kind of just credence to say he's the guy. It's just not like no, Pittsburgh. There's nothing felt, there. That's yeah, there's, the part, yeah, there's nothing to discuss. He's not taking a snap. No, it's not. And that's why I said whenever or however he moves up the depth chart, it's going to be through games only. I'll say this. The same thing went for DeCastro specifically whenever he came into the league. You saw some of the stuff that he was doing. But after that first game he ended up playing in the preseason, that's when Dave got bumped up. Like it's because of the game. It's because of the play. And if Kenny goes out and dices somebody apart and have a real good showing in preseason, it at least gives you that confidence that says we saw what we needed to see enough to move him up or give him more reps. Or, you know what, Mitch, you're still going to start the season off. But Kenny, you got rep one. You know what I'm saying? Like you are a quarterback one to start off the series. And I hate it too a little bit for the guys because there's only three preseason games now. Yeah. So because of that, you only get an opportunity to get that full fourth game in which the young guy plays the entire game. The Carolina game. The Carolina game. Yep. There so, is no Carolina game this year. No, it's not? No. Oh, I knew Did you that. know that? I actually didn't I knew even that. realize that until the other day. It's a it's now a of all teams, Seattle. Yeah, well, who thought of that for a preseason game? The problem is the Steelers play the Panthers in the regular season, so it got a little complicated. Well, we've done that before, though. Yeah, I know. Yeah. It's, it's still it's weird. But it's weird. But that's good on Burton to protect him from himself. Well, I think I think also in fairness, I don't want to make it sound like there was some big conspiracy to keep Kenny no. away from us. Because the other aspect is I should point this out is the two weeks earlier at rookie camp, Kenny was mm-hmm. front and center. Yeah. And out there and meeting with us and everything else. So maybe the thinking was also just throwing this out there that, hey, he, he just talked. What else do you want him to say? Yeah. Here are the other two quarterbacks. Do you follow? Yeah, no doubt. And I think it's just good to just uh, report now on what he's actually done. You saying he did that. I thought it was cool. You know what I also said about him throwing to a wide open guy? That's what you're supposed to do, Kenny. And then there's that, too. He creates the wide-open guy. But he has a challenge in front of him. And I think I think that's the main thrust here. When we come back, let's talk a little bit about Stefan it. Let's get real about it. Mm-hmm. Welcome back to the Ramon Foster Show. Ramon, let's talk about Stefan it. 
Um, okay. and, and you know, it. We've all spoken. We don't need the obligatory prefacing of you know, give him his space. It was an unspeakable tragedy and everything else that happened in his family. Yeah, and and at the same time, it's 2022. Um, his stuff is in his locker stall. I've seen it with my own eyes. Cam Hayward, and you know where he is in relation yeah. to Steph, said that he believes that Steph will be here and he'll be playing this fall. Um, the question that I have for you is, can he still be what he was the last time we saw him? Because he wasn't good. He wasn't very good. He was great. He was great in that last year. I yes. 100% agree with you, man. He was every bit sacks. as good as Cam. Yeah. For for a a a friggin' uh, D tackle DN interior, whatever you want to call it, yeah. interior defender, uh, he he could or should be in those ranks with those guys that are highly spoken of. Cam has honestly jumped on a lightning bolt and ran it all the way to the NFL offices to be a poster boy and good for him because he's got to it right behind him that's trying to do the exact same thing, man. If he stays healthy, um, that that year he had in twenty twenty, man, you got to give it up for him. It was really damn good, enormous. It, it really was. And I'll say this to us. It's something that I never really spoke of, but I played 11 straight and I actually played to its grace is this as far as last year. And just that, you know, tragedy he kind of went through. He got a year off his body. You know what I'm saying? He got a year off his body. And this is that is good a, or bad, though? I think it's good okay. for his position because it's not timing. It's not throwing. It's not receivers cutting. It's bull in a china shop, as I like to call those guys a little bit, okay? <laughs> if he still got his, his his playing weight, which he should, if he still got his strength, which he should, if he still has the willpower, which he should, to continue to play because, again, the competition between him and Cam is always going to be a little bit of a thing. So if he walks in that locker room and he's playing and he's got Cam who's become – the guy, if we're just being honest, aside from TJ on the defensive side of the ball, you're going to get a better tour. Or let me let me say this. If he comes back to 2020 form, are you still satisfied? Because my answer would be yes. Oh, my goodness. We're talking about double-digit <laughs> sacks for an interior defender. Not just that, but a disruptor. There were so many other things that he did as far as the gangs and he stunts was elite. up front. He was yes. elite. That term gets abused. It's not. It's not at all out of line here. That, hey, we want to mention uh, Pro Bowl snub, Stefan to it. Yeah, that's that's a good point, too. Okay, we're just talking about the general outlook of that. And it sucks because that was a COVID year that all of this happened. But this guy was on fire with his ability to play and produce. So, yes, I think he gets back to regular form when it all breaks down, DK, just because I know who he is. I know he's got a, a, a crap ton of pride as far as playing the game, too. So I venture out and I go, not just yes, but hell yes. You know, I look at that defensive line still as a single unit. Okay. And – I look at Cam Hayward when he was out there by himself for the better part of the 2021 season yeah. playing. You know, sometimes when people say, oh, he plays all positions. Well, Cam played all positions at once yeah. in some games. Okay? Yeah. Most unfortunately, because they were sliding him wherever it was that the other team was running the ball. Exactly. 97. But I look at Cam, Tyson, Alualu, uh-huh. and Steph as a single formidable unit and when they are each doing what they do best it is legitimately even the pff geeks will agree on this one of the best if not the best defensive fronts 
in football, which is to say nothing of, you know, who they have on their bookends. Hey, meaning, you call you know, meaning, them geeks, not me, okay? <laughs> oh, you've called them much worse and to their face, and I saw it. If only I had the camera rolling that day. If I was yeah. thinking of that day in Latrobe, get Ramon versus PFF geeks. <laughs> y'all, it was something like this. Hang on now, I got to do it now. Hey, y'all, I just want to let you know, your evaluations, y'all evaluations suck. Sucks. <laughs> Sucks. <laughs> and they're, they're, there's like five or six of them on the <laughs> sideline. And your teammates are all like, woo, whoa. <laughs> hey, it needed to be said, okay? It needed to be said, my guy. I gave you a 99.9 <laughs> on that evaluation. You'll notice that none of the reporters were like, Oh no, that's so terrible that he's doing no, that. No, uh-uh. <laughs> they knew. They absolutely knew what I was getting at, and it was good to actually let them know that. And I'll tell you what, my ratings went up after that. Isn't it funny how that works? Oh, just say something. Closed mouth don't get fed, baby. <laughs> so hit us with a hey moan. <laughs> when we come back, we're gonna do an actual hey moan. <laughs> Welcome back to the Hey Moan segment. I'm going to read some more random entries here before we get to an actual question. Uh, Josh Smith says, Great show, guys. Awesome input by Ramon. This is the most underrated show in Pittsburgh sports talk. Now, who's rating them? Who's rating it then? Is this PFF? Dog. If so, we're in trouble. We got a bigger bigger problem on our hands if that's the case. That is not good here. Uh, Somebody else applauds your line from the other day. I didn't have to because I'm strong as an ox. <laughs> I don't even know what that was in reference to. A lot of things. DK, a lot of things. Baby. Omar Mendez says, this podcast is awesome. You guys rock. Big shout out from Guatemala. Big shout out back to Guatemala. Absolutely, man. That's much love right there. Thanks. Uh, STV says, how about Moan flexing his muscle and sending DK on assignment earlier this week? I mean, it is the Ramon Foster show. It's not Ramon and DK. No, no, it definitely is not. My name is omitted. My name is only on everything down here, though. If you want to come down. down. Uh, The fact that you're humble enough to be like, yeah, you're right. It lets me know that it's really yours and I'm here for the ride. (laughs) Um, Let's go to an actual question. This one comes from Nick in Canada. He says, hey, Moan. What's the prediction on Alex Highsmith's growth this year? And who's going to be filling that third edge rotation spot? Wow. Let's talk about Highsmith first. Yeah, yeah. Um, Highsmith, um, very athletic guy. Guy shown also that he can produce on the field. I, I think everybody knew that he has had the athletic ability coming from Charlotte, but you didn't know how it was going to translate over. And it looked like he's gotten his body correct. He understands the game a whole lot more, man. And he's also making plays. The 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 way I know he's developing well is because when you see him play, it's like he's in competition with TJ. You, you mm. see him out on the field, man. Like it's like he's going against him any chance that he can freaking get. And I, I think that says a lot about what he thinks of himself. But it's also the aspect that he's trying to find a way to fit in and stay in when it comes to this team. Well, I, I don't think there's any question about that. I mean, Highsmith has I, I really like the way you put that, by the way, because he has he's not exactly pretending to be. TJ's equal or anything like that, but he 
judges himself, Alex does, within his own prism, within his own responsibilities. Yeah. And if anything, I, I might be out of line saying this, Go but ahead. I, I, I have a feeling that Alex Highsmith more appropriately compares his performance with that of his predecessor, meaning everyone knew what Bud Dupree brought. Yeah to that yeah. defense and to TJ by being yeah. that, uh, that super effective, aggressive bookend guy. Do you follow yeah. me? Mm -hmm. And the last thing that Alex wanted was to come in and say, Oh man, you know, back when TJ had bud on the other side, yeah. dot, dot, dot. Do you follow me? Yeah, no doubt. And, and just look at his growth. Like in year two, two sacks, um, what was it? The five CFLs is what I'm showing on, on my notes here. Year two was a big jump for him. We always speak about year one to year two was a huge jump for him, man, where he ended up logging six X, which is still fair enough for a guy that's trying to find his way through and also in rotation. But this right here is where it's at. 15 TFLs. He's relentless as far as getting to the ball. He is making the plays that come his way. Now, again, you probably say, well, Mo, he got six. If TJ's getting all this attention, then he should be having more sacks or more production. But you got to look. He's still trying to figure this thing out. Like, TJ didn't jump out the gate as far as just being a guy. But the same thing. Neither did All Bud, across yeah. the board. <laughs> you see what I'm saying? And, mm -hmm. and that's where he's got to be. One, his size has to find a way to help himself as far as the leverage goes. And just... The, the 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 overall development of being a pro. I'd almost venture out, especially with 17 games now. I wouldn't be shocked if he ended up getting double digit sacks this year. Just well, simply because defensive player of the year in TJ, you gotta put somebody on him. I will say I challenge him if TJ's getting doubles, then he gotta find his way to the quarterback and to the backfield more often. And the other aspect of Nick's question is also the other aspect of this that the Steelers have to tackle, which is who is going to rotate in because uh, they do rotate outside yeah. linebackers. TJ comes, he, TJ taps out more than people realize because he has to oh, play yeah. at a certain energy level. The guy who rose up last year in that role was Derek Tuska. And I know that's not a name that rolls yeah. off people's uh, tongues here casually, but he came on late in the season once he got out on a regular basis, beginning yeah. with the game out in L.A. in week 11. And he ended up with a couple of sacks, yeah. forced fumble. He showed some splash, eight tackles. Uh, and these were in some of the bigger games yeah. that the Steelers played. Now, he comes from, you know, North Dakota, and you don't get super excited <laughs> and whatever. Third-year guy that not a lot of people know. But they also need more help at this position, and I don't think anybody would dispute that. They do. And like you said, finding that rotation is going to be it's going to be crucial for them because TJ can't play 100 snaps a game or 70 snaps a game and neither can Highsmith, man. Um, who's the guy? I think if we're looking at the quarterback battle and the offensive line battle, then we also got to look at that outside linebacker because, you know, like I know in that city, those guys get paid. And I'm not just mentioning the money aspect of it, but it's a team that's very heavy on making sure that they have some strong outside linebackers. Yeah. I'm talking about from back ups some starters to draft picks it's always the position of focus for the defenses what are your outside linebackers like think about it bud okay mm -hmm. we're talking about lamar we're talking about james we're talking about tj like it's names and then you go draft first rounders you know like like uh, uh jarvis OK, and then you end up franchising other guys like Jason Worlds who just decides to retire like that is a position of focus for this team. So 
that battle, them versus tight ends, is going to be humongous this spring. I mean, this yeah. this camp. And I should mention Gennard Avery, too, coming over yeah, from Avery, Eagles. I, yeah. Eagles. Uh, the only reason he's not on my mind is that um, let's just say he might or might not have been <laughs> at the beginning of OTAs. I'm hey not allowed now. to say that. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. But, hey, but that, uh, he, he's a he's a fifth year guy, and he's someone who's going to be capable out yeah. there as well if and when he shows. I didn't yeah. say that, but for sure, okay. it's gonna, they don't they don't it, watch this show this deep into it. It, 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 it don't matter, DK. He'll show up when we need him to, baby. That's right. I appreciate everybody who sends stuff in this direction. I appreciate you, Moan. I appreciate doing this show. We'll do another one on Monday. I am game of you all. This is your invitation to a masterclass in engineering and design. Your ticket to go from zero to 60 with the Lexus Performance Line. A feeling this dynamic is invite only. Fortunately, you're invited. Experience the exhilaration of the Lexus Performance Line and some of the best offers of the year on select models at the Invitation to Lexus sales event, now through April 1st. Experience amazing at your Lexus dealer.